Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 158, Magazines, who does that anymore? Yeah. My name is Josh Canal. to my left, playing the role of John Richards, Miss Hayley Mills. Hello everyone, it's lovely to be here. And to my right, Brett Cropley playing himself. Good evening, viewers. I, I was hoping your uh, your sister Heather might have come in. No, that no, just me fun. now. But uh, but I can duplicate myself. Nice, as, as as in the Parent Trap with the Luddy Luddy and Lita. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. That's good. That's good to know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but not but Lindsay Lohan. Oh, was that Freaky Friday? Did Lindsay Lohan also? Do- no, the. The Olsen twins. The Olsen twins the Olsen were in the twins remake twins of the parent, parent Trap. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. There's nothing special about that. Because they're twins. I know. Yeah. That's easy. I know. Anyone can play twins if they're actually twins. It's one person playing twins with a split screen. That's that's acting. Was yeah. It, was it when they were still looking kind of mongoloid? You know how as a baby in... <laughs> as, as a baby in How full far house. into the show did we get? How far? That, that was that like was one second. Yeah, or not that less. Less right. was like they yeah. were very ugly babies in Full House. They were, <laughs> they were only one baby in Full House. Yeah, but it was both of them still. <laughs> See, that's even lazier acting. Two people playing the one role. I know. I mean, that's just yeah, it's not really yeah, that's acting. just crazy laws in the US. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Hey, this is a show all about television. That's what Box Cutters is. That's what you're listening to. <laughs> not not you, the Parent Trap Hour, just in case you thought you tuned <laughs> in you the Did you forget? Because I had. <laughs> and that's why you want the video instead of the magazines. This, uh, this week on Box Cutters, there isn't no, What video? This of week the on magazines. <laughs> video, video of the magazines. I'm going to re- leave that unsaid. Right. <laughs> it's... <sighs> No it's a conversation for off-air. No one's watching video of magazines. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> although, although I did buy a book because I looked at the YouTube video of the book. There's, oh. there's actually a, a book called ABC 3D. It's a pop-up book of the alphabet. So, plot's a bit predictable. But it's, it's a very good book. And um, they're actually selling it with this YouTube video. And I don't know if any, if any review that goes, look, the book's good, but really, go and look at the YouTube video. And you go, yep, I'm buying three oh, of really? them. <laughs> So, can, yeah. you, can you put on your red and blue glasses and actually get the, the No, no, you can actually just poke screen. it with your finger. That will break it and, and probably, you know, make people cry. But you can actually just physically touch it. You can caress the litter H. It's that very exciting. That is fantastic. It's a lovely book. That's I'll bring it in. excellent. Yeah. And CBS were going on about their holographic reporters. <laughs> <laughs> they should get pop-up reporters for the next election. Yeah. SBS would have those. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now the pop-up reporter, this giant book would be opened and George Denikian would pop out of it. We've got no content. This, uh... <laughs> This week's box cutters, we are going to talk about uh, Top Gear Australia. I think finally enough episodes have gone to air that uh, well, the that entire we can, first series that we can have it. Yeah, I think that's enough that's episodes. Enough. That's, yeah. that's enough episodes yeah, that we can judge. we can have a judgment on it. So mm. uh, we've got that. Uh, we got another postcard in the mail, which is which is great. That's great. To love hear love get, getting a postcard. Get those travel postcards from the shows. Uh, we've uh, we're going to talk about a show that's on the Sci Fi Channel here in Australia. And oh, yeah, it's on, it's oh, on 10 it? HD. It's oh, on, it's 10, on 10, 10 HD. This is I mean this is the exciting thing. We're talking about a program that that normal people can actually watch on free to air television and that yet, we've never heard of. That's also, amazing. Nobody actually will watch it. Nobody. nobody you can watch it because it's on 10 HD. It's 10 HD or cable. You can. Yeah. Like, theoretically, you can do a lot of stuff, but nobody's going to. No one's going to. The, no. na- the name of the show is Eureka. We'll be uh, covering that a little bit later. We've also got some letters to box cutters. We've got the continuation of last week's box cutters quiz. 
We've got some pork. The continuation. The continuation. We're giving away a little bit of a, a little bit too much there. Josh. Well, we always have a part one and a part two of a quiz, Brett. I guess. Always a part one and a part two. Fair enough. But you having said that, I think has actually given away too much information. Oh. Yes. Yes. He's not hiding in the closet. <laughs> the uh, I don't know what you're talking about, to policeman. To last week's quiz live. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's not that. Going to finish off with pork, but as always, let's kick things off with the box cutters news. Players from the Australian film and television industry have launched a major legal action against one of Australia's largest uh, ISPs, IINet, for allegedly allowing its users to pirate movies and TV shows. In, in what way do they, do they allow? Uh, they... By, not, by not playing policemen. Right. Curiously, I have IINet at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I couldn't imagine doing such a thing. You haven't been sent a cease and desist letter? No, at all no, me. I haven't. Should I be expecting one? Because otherwise, this show's going to be very short for weeks to come, I can tell you. This no, is. apparently, uh, this was the problem. Uh, the Australian Federation Against Copyright Theft, or AFACT, um, have been uh, looking into who's sharing what uh, through BitTorrents, and uh, particularly users on the IINET network, and uh, have identified, apparently, allegedly, identified thousands of infringements of copyright by IONET's customers. See, that, that's all me, isn't it, really? That's just going to this is, narrow down okay, to this, this, this is the problem I, I see here. IONET have a really good service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and good the, value. And good value. And the people who are uh, into the internet, the people who do the research and look for the best deals and look for the best ratings of, uh, of, of service providers are also the people who are more likely yes, to be using, to be using BitTorrents and, yeah. and, and be using new technologies and, and peer-to-peer and stuff. Power users, and, basically. Yeah. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, I had Big Pond Cable. Nothing ever stopped me using uh, uh, using BitTorrent back then, either. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, uh, You know, and I'm sure if they looked at, at slightly smaller players like TPG uh, or any... Internode or... Yeah, any, any number Dodo. of the... Well, not Dodo, because no one can actually use... Because, uh, you know, you get like a four meg four meg limit before you get uh, choked on uh, Dodo. But they've got free broadband. I know, for yeah. four meg. Yeah. The, uh, oh, Dodo is so dodgy. Anyway, yes. hi. The, uh, so, so I think that's, the, that's where the problem is. I mean, that it seems like AFACT are just coming down on uh, one small provider in Australia because it, it is a weird could, provider to choose isn't they it? could be going with Big Pond Tell or they could be yeah, going with, with Optus more. well maybe they looked at the Whirlpool forums and found out that IONet was the best service to get onto and so they got onto it and then they found out that uh, all these other people on the same network were uh, doing all this air quotes pirating um, the Action has been launched, uh, filed in the federal courts against IONET by Village Roadshow, Universal Pictures, Warner Brothers, Paramount Pictures, Sony Pictures Entertainment, 20th Century Fox, Disney and The Seven Network. So uh, Channel 7 obviously aren't happy about their fast tracking or fast tracking. Have they put the second T in yet? No, the, the, the T um, deter- one of them. T- one of them now has the one, two T's. Yeah. It finally arrived. It came in the mail, so it was a bit it was slower being, than that. Yeah. being subverted all the by other, the power All the users. other letters were fast-tracked. Yeah, the, the T, the T came, uh, came by ship. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, 
that's how that worked, apparently. Well, it's interesting that you say Channel 7 uh, are uh, a party to that, because uh, AINet are also planning to launch a TV over internet protocol service, also known as IPTV, mm-hmm. that will come up in later episodes. Pay attention, people. Uh, that uh, for, for its 200,000 cu- customers on the uh, D-Slams, I don't know what that is. What's a D-Slam, Brett Crockley? It's, uh, it's the piece of hardware at the exchange. So if you're on ADSL2 or ADSL2+, plus, yep, yep. They, they had to install a D-Slam into the exchange that they then plug your phone line into that hooks up the ADSL2+. Plus. Right. Uh, so they've got 200,000 customers, which is not that, which is not that little. Uh, but it's not going to just be... IP, uh, IPTV, mm. it's going to come with a dual-tuner free-to-air PVR. Mm. So, High def? Uh, doesn't say. Well, it's IPTV, so I'm assuming it would be. I'm assuming you'd go with uh, with high def. Yeah. If it's, uh, but, you know, they're still selling SD tuners out there. But, but generally, Josh, you're thinking lawsuit, aren't you, really? That's, well, that's... here's the thing. It's, it is going to be competing with TiVo, which is Channel 7's product. And uh, Freeview. And uh, and Freeview, which uh, was going to Launched be... Much... today. Oh, you know sorry. what? You, you know what? I, I, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, because years. you don't listen, Brett. <laughs> you just don't listen. I was busy writing a segment. <sighs> anyway, I'll, uh, I'll save that news for later on. But the uh, they, they've got... Uh, a screenshot of their uh, of their new interface, which <laughs> looks very similar to TiVo, and uh, uh, and it, Ionet already has unmeted access to uh, the ABC's iView, and also oh, has really? unmeted access yeah, to iTunes certain, Music Store. Certain things are, are marked as not part of your allowance on Ionet, mm-hmm. including including yeah. iTunes Music Store and ABC uh, iView. So uh, this is obviously going further into that direction. I think it's a, a really interesting thing and, quite frankly, sounds wonderful. Well, the IPTV has been uh, getting trialled for some time on uh, TPG, which is what who I'm currently with, and uh, all of that stuff on the trial is unmeted. It's, it's, it's going to be a really interesting scenario, I think, in one and a half years to see uh, how people receive their television. Did well, you, yeah, you know, they, they really do need to reinvent uh, the industry, basically, and mm. how they deliver their content. In the US, so they're delivering content. TiVo, you can now order pizza through. I know! Yes. They've actually got this, yes. Yeah, so but, like, but it's like Domino's. It's Domino's, so it's terrible pizza. But it's just that notion that you can, you can sit there and go, I really am wasting my life. Send me a pizza. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, if, if, I could, if I could also have my TiVo open the door and give the driver <laughs> the money. 20 bucks. Yeah. Then, in, in its dressing gown. Yeah. <laughs> it's also interesting uh, that that new technology coming in, I, I read an article today, but I didn't actually uh, cut it out and save it, uh, talking about TiVo in Australia uh, about to launch video on demand. Uh, yeah, but they're also removing a whole lot of things that they were going to launch. Are they? Yeah, so we talked about that last things. week. Last week on the show, there you go. They do. John Richards, do you have do you have some news that you want to steal from me? Or uh, <laughs> no, I think I, I think I brought my own. You oh, know? good. Yeah, good. Um, yeah. I, it's not yeah fascinating, but um, let's start off with with things being cancelled because that's always a, a nice way to start. Oh, yeah, uh, let's a- start with the end. ABC America, and curiously though, there's this thing they're not using the word cancellation anymore, and I suspect it's that like no one wants to be. You know, the person who didn't sign the Beatles. You know, no one wants to be that guy who who went, that Doctor Who show will never run. 
that's got six months in it. Yeah, so um, they're, they're saying they, they are no longer... They're declining to order more episodes at this time. Well, see, they, they, they do that for a number of reasons. And, and yes, they have been burnt by not signing the Beatles uh, but, in the past. But also or think, des- Desperate Housewives. But it's or, also the, yeah, the, the show that goes off air and then sells four billion copies on DVD and they suddenly want to bring them back. then came out with a three-picture deal. Yeah, yes. that, that sort of thing. I think no one uh, wants to be quite in that situation fe- Futurama... Uh, and uh, Family Guy, Family Guy, all of the all of these shows that uh, all the really good shows, not Family Guy. Though. <laughs> the uh, and so and so they don't they don't want to let anybody else take yes. it either. So at the moment they're declining to order more episodes of Eli Stone, Dirty Sexy Bunny, and Pushing Daisies. Now you were saying beforehand that we actually cancelled Eli Stone some weeks uh, about two weeks ago. We yeah. uh, we we announced that Eli Stone was uh, was going in, in the same way that the the night before uh, Grant Hackett retired from. Swimming. We announced that he'd retired from swimming. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it's our anti-Midas touch again. Yes. Um, but no, no, pushing no, daisies just our prescience. We're very good at what push, we do. Pushing daisies is... Uh, that's that's a, a real, real shame because there was so much promise in that show. For some reason, the second series, nobody watched, even though it's exactly the same as the now first you guys, series. You guys were big fans of Pushing Daisies, yeah, weren't yeah. you? Yeah, no, because I, I never quite... It was a bit too whimsical for me. I see. And- I, it's like I, a, a sunny Edward, uh, Edward Scissorhands. Where are you going to get whimsy? Like, I know, and it's the where same on television as Wonderfuls, are you going to get whimsy? Which, right. I, I loved Wonderfuls, but yeah, but certainly too much whimsy and pushing daisies for me and apparently the American market. Now, also so. talking about US programming, uh, Life on Mars has picked up a f- an additional four episodes. Uh, that's the US version of Life on Mars. Um, and the CW, which is the Country Western Network. It's not the Country and Western Network. It's <laughs> um, just the CW. Are actually reviving repeats. Because, hang on a second, let me explain this to John. So what happened was there, there was a, a, a channel called the WB. There was another channel the called... Brothers the Brothers channel. Was not, and there was another channel called UPN. And that they, was the postal channel, they yeah. both <laughs> They both failed. Uh, failed dismally. And uh, I'm reading a book about that at the moment. But... So they joined together the, to grab some other letters. Well, kind of. CBS... <laughs> CBS uh, joined up with uh, with, with uh, Warner, who had the the WB, and uh, and created the CW, which had some shows from the WB, some shows from UPN, and uh, and it's just called the CW. It's got nothing to do with country and the, western and the music CW at all. It doesn't stand for anything. Well, CBS Warner. Well, that's not very interesting. No, it's not. No. Okay, so the Country and Western Network's doing what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually revi- uh, uh, reviving repeats of Jericho. What? Which has been, uh, you know, cancelled. How, how do you revive a repeat? You know what I think about that, Brett Crofty? I think that's nuts. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, score one, Canal. Along with reruns of Everybody Hates Chris and the Drew Carey show. Um, all, all together. Like, all as a new program. They've, oh. they've managed to combine the three shows into one great program. I'd buy that over your ABC 3D book. It'd be good, wouldn't it? This is the CW's uh, revamped Sunday night lineup, which also means that uh, Valentine, which we haven't yet reviewed, has been axed. <laughs> <laughs> and, I've, um, uh, I've seen it, and uh, we're I, not going to review it. We're not going to review it. And uh, Easy Money, which I hadn't picked up on at all. I hadn't had a look at. Yeah, neither. I, I, and oh, that's also gone. That's gone. Gone. Yep. Gone. Right. Well, hey, Freeview launched in Australia today. Oh, that's so exciting! Well, right. well, well done. Have Freeview. we actually figured out what Freeview is? Oh, you know what? I'm trying to work it out from their media release. Uh, it's So, uh, I'm just going to read from the re- media release. It says, Australia's free-to-air broadcasters reach more than 99% of Australian homes. 
What do you do? that one percent letting the team down? Mm. Really, they're angry at that one percent. They formed a barrier. <laughs> that that one percent only get cable channels. Actually, that one percent. <laughs> it's that thing from Mad Max Two where they had the uh, the fort where they were able to make oil. That's that what the one percent is. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. and Freeview is like the, the marauding bikies out the front with their mohawks, <laughs> demanding to bring in their technological advances. Well, Freeview is going to offer viewers better picture quality and more program choices than ever, with access to fifteen digital channels. Really? Better picture quality quality than, than HD. ever. Yeah, unless I, it's better picture quality than Freeview has previously had, which since we didn't know what it was, that's not probably too hard. Well, they didn't have a picture. Well, indeed, so better quality. There's yep. a picture now. Yep. Yep. Okay, yep. go on. They, uh, they could have said infinitely better quality. <laughs> Look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip to this weird, this weird bit where it says, at 6.29pm, viewers get their first taste of Freeview when a sec. This was uh, you can Monday taste night. taste Freeview now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You can, it's you- taste vision tell tell a taste of vision <laughs> you can lick your telly uh-huh. uh 6:29 p.m. viewers get their first taste of freeview in a 67 announcement promoting the next generation of free to view t- digital television goes to air on all networks around australia this is the first time all of Australia's free-to-air broadcasters, <laughs> including the public broadcasters, have joined forces to pull resources for a major television campaign. Yeah, because it does sound a lot like advertising. So the ABC is playing a 60-second ad. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. No, the ABC can't. Can they? they... Do we still know what it is? The free uh, thing? As well as much more content being provided on the multi-channel digital platform, the Freeview Electronic Program Guide will make it simpler for you. So it's an EPG. I think it's just... Is it just an EPG? I mean, is it a box? Do I plug it into my telly? Is it my computer? What am I doing with it? They're talking about making 15 channels available. Is it an implant in my brain? Like, how do I actually watch these? It doesn't say. It, It says it's the most important thing to happen in Australia since... Since Bruce Gingell made history. Like, it just doesn't say there's a consortium. Yes. But is, it d- it Bruce, is it Bruce Gingell coming around to my house with cards? I, I mean, think you know, he's dead. Oh. Well, that's sad. Yeah. Is it the reanimated corpse of <laughs> oh, Bruce, Bruce Gingell? <laughs> is it a zombie Bruce Gingell coming to my house and beaming messages into and my saying, brain? Is that what it is? This is television. <laughs> I don't know. This but it's is. just... Is it just the fact that... That digital television has been around in Australia for quite some time and HD channels are now coming up and they decided, hey, my dad's got a barn, let's put on a show. Like, <laughs> really, it's, it, it, it doesn't actually say what it is. It just, Freeview is and will remain a free-to-view service. Once you have digital equipment, there is no contract and no subscription fees or ongoing costs. I think it's just an EPG. Oh, wait, wait. But it's got programming with it, so it must surely be a box. Wait, I found it hidden. Or a cable. I found it hidden in a couple of paragraphs. Right. And, uh, really. Uh, to receive all 15 Freeview channels, along with the Freeview EPG, households will be able to purchase a digital set-top box to work with their existing analogue television sets. So it's just a set-top box. These boxes will be badged. With the Freeview logo and available in stores next year. So they've launched today, but rather than, say, releasing product in time for Christmas, they're not going to have anything available for and presumably, But also, what about everybody that's bought their plasmas and, and LCD TVs and set-top boxes well, that's in the I'm, past I'm five years do that I, we've had digital TV? Do I need to have two set-top boxes now to see Freeview and you have ABC2? To throw out the other one. But can I see ABC2 then through the Freeview box? Mm, yes. Okay. So, yeah, it, it, it is a PVR 
with an EPG. Kim Dalton, who is ABC Director of Television, is also the chair of Freeview. And he says, with regards to the people uh, that you mentioned, Brett, who already bought their uh, their, their televisions and uh, and their set-top boxes, mm-hmm. sucks to them, they sh- may as well just throw it out. <laughs> is that that's, a direct yeah, that's, quote? That's, quite, that's, in that's, the, uh, that's, that's in the in the media release. That's right. what he says. No, no. He says, uh, Freeview is perhaps the most important thing to... Oh, no, that's him saying that. That's Kim Dalton saying that. You know what? This whole thing, piece of crap. Obviously, obviously he's not doing enough work at the ABC if he's got time to be heading up this other consortium. Well, I, I think that's that's the way it is. Don't Mark fall- Scott, have, have, it's about time he had a, had a review and... Uh, Maybe you should find somewhere else for him to be. People don't fall for the Freeview thing. It's really just an EPG. That's all it is. Right. It's just an EPG. Now, talking about all the, your EPGs and your PVRs and your LSDs and your STDs and what other nonsense letters you're going to throw together. Um, here- I, I got one of those at a party. I just don't know which. <laughs> which one? Yeah, okay, well, I could watch 15 channels. Um, Heroes creator and showrunner Tim Kring has caused some controversy in the US in the last couple of weeks. He appeared uh, last week on the Creative Screenwriting Expo conference and talking about all these other ways of watching television, um, basically seemed to say that people can't watch his program anymore because they're all watching it in other forms and they're too stupid to watch them in the right order because they're TiVoing them incorrectly or something. Right. Because, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're TiVoing them incorrectly or watching them online incorrectly. Incorrectly. Um, in the wrong order. Well, he's saying the engine that drove, uh, the here in quote, serialized television, was that you had to be in front of the TV. Now you can watch it when you want, when you want, how you want to watch it, and almost all those ways are superior to watching it on air. So watching it on air is related to the saps and the dipshits who can't figure out how to watch it in a superior way. So he's basically angry at the people who aren't watching it on air, and he's also angry at the people who are watching it on air. When really... Did he actually say saps and dipshits? He really he did, did say did, saps yeah, and dipshits. And dipshits. <laughs> um, so there's been a response to this. Uh, Times James Ponovozic said... Yes, you can blame technology for siphoning off the smart viewers away from your series. You could try revamping your show so it becomes the complete opposite of what it was conceived as. Or you could try, you know, not sucking. (laughs) A story arc or two that doesn't inspire ridicule could go a long way with the saps and dipshits is all I'm saying. If if anybody's been watching season three of Heroes, villains, it is a pile of crap and has turned so many viewers off. It's just terrible. Plus you stop recording it, which I was saving until I got through the first (laughs) two two seasons. Yeah, yeah, stop. Maureen Ryan from the Chicago Tribune agrees with you here. She says, uh, the only sap here is Kring. Any and all insulting terms should be directed at himself. After all, who is responsible for two seasons of mostly muddy, incoherent storytelling? It wasn't the saps at home on their couches. Hey. (laughs) Yeah, and now he wants to do a series where he removes everyone's powers. So, you know, we can explore those really fascinating characters that heroes have. All we wanted, all we wanted was superheroes and villains coming up against each other. And that's all we wanted from the show. It was, he had this really exciting moment in the first series where uh, Sila and, uh, and the brother who can get everybody's powers yeah. uh, just by looking at them uh, come up against each other in the future and, uh, and are going to have a big fight. And I thought, wow, if this is what it's leading up to, if this is what Heroes is leading up to, then we're in for a wonderful ride. But no, he just decided to change the it, time it continuum. Was, but it was a one-series idea, I think, really, Heroes. And even Kring admits he has no idea how it ends. Oh, really? Yeah, he's oh, actually admitted he doesn't have an ending. You know, he never did. He just no exit strategy. Yeah, no, no, he just well, wanted to do some stuff. 
Well, so he, he, he wanted to... Because he wanted to do a serial TV show and uh, and didn't have a story for it. No. Then he's a fool to himself and a burden to us. Or any characters, as far as I can see. So there we go. That's, uh, that's Tim Kring. Well done, Tim Kring. Now, Ladies uh, and gentlemen, Tim Kring. After the uh, tragic events in Tarthra, which I believe is uh, southern New South Wales, south coast, mm-hmm. over there. Um, where I say, mm-hmm, I have no idea. It's outside of uh, Zone 1 in Melbourne. so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, You can't get there on a tram, therefore it is of no interest to us. The tragic incident uh, from the Tarthra Wharf where uh, a couple of uh, young kids kind of went in to uh, the surf um, to be followed by their father jumping in to uh, try and save them, who also drowned. Um, a number of uh, a number of reporters from all over the country uh, went down to Tarthra, and a group of reporters and cameramen have been set upon by grieving locals uh, last Wednesday night. Um, Denham Hitchcock from Channel 9 News and 10 reporter Daniel Sutton were both hurt in the violent altercation um, and uh, taken off to hospital. We'll, uh, hopefully Bit of an be... angry mob kind yeah. of stuff going on. I don't, I don't, like, I don't like it. Mm. I don't like it. We'll, uh, we'll have to speak to James Tyler about that next week if he isn't on a beach somewhere. Which That'd I be wonderful. Be. And that... Oh, I've got one more. ...is the Box Cutters News. One more. Got one more. Oh, People need really? to know. Really? You yeah, yeah. hurry it up. Yeah. Teen heartthrob news. People love heartthrob neighbours news. This is sounding so much like pork, John. Um, sounding a lot like pork. Could be pork. It's, it's, anyway, you've started. Well, I've, I've said heartthrob now. You've People said heartthrob. Know. People want to know. People will want to know. Is it Dita Brummer? Uh, no. It's, it's Dita Brummer, it's, isn't it? It's, it's <laughs> Dean... Alex Papp. <laughs> Dean Geyer or possibly Geyer. I mean, none of us have the slightest idea who he is. It doesn't really matter. He's leaving neighbours to uh, pursue a musical career. Which is hilarious in itself. He's um he's twenty one. Uh, he's committed Christian, and apparently some of the sexy storylines got a bit to him. Ah, uh, and oh, uh, poor uh, Didums. And he poor said, Dean. "I was fairly happy with." He played Ty Ty Harper for all you neighbours fans who listen to the show. I was fairly happy with how Ty turned out. I really enjoyed playing Ty, but I needed a lifestyle change. Well, I think uh, the producers of Neighbours should. Uh, Get the message there and uh, see the dangers of coasting, casting Christians for the show. Or, <laughs> or, or more roll neck sweaters. More roll neck sweaters? Yeah, you know, for less sexy kind of scenes. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. It could go either way. Well, uh, you know, you know in, uh, in, in news just at hand, <laughs> news just at hand, Dean uh, Geyer or Gaia, we're not sure, uh, is going to be doing a whole lot of films with Kurt Cameron. Just a joke for anyone familiar with Kurt Cameron. Sorry, I thought it was real. I believed you. Yeah, no. And that is the Box Cutters News. Hello, this is Frank Thring, gossip from heaven on the Box Cutters. I bumped into Ray Charles the other day. Well, he bumped into me because his dog's not dead yet. It's not really Frank Thring that was at Adam Richard. I was actually thinking when Adam Richard's like 70, he's going to sound like Frank Thring, isn't he? I, well, that's, that's what I thought. It's coming. That's exactly what I thought. And I just thought, mm, let's, let's keep this. Get, record this for me, Adam. We'll keep it. <laughs> and then we'll play it back to you in, in about 40 years. And see if you sound like Frank Thring. And uh, see what I did there, Adam? I said that you were only 30. Did you like that? <laughs> Brett, you've watched all of uh, Australian Top Gear? You guys haven't watched it. I, you know what? It's turned me off Top Gear. I'm, I can't watch regular Top Gear now. And I'm gay. I'm not allowed to. That's true. And, and, yeah, there's a legal thing. Haven't, haven't, haven't you ever noticed? Haven't you ever noticed that they have Mardi Gras and Grand Prix on the same weekend? Because there is no, no crossover. <laughs> Actually, that only happened one year. Uh, after that, was uh, it was 
Actually, weekend after weekend, but but still, it, in my mind, they have them on the on the same weekend. It was no strange because over. because Mardi Gras was kind of kind of coming into its own with with the TV coverage. Uh, at one point, and these days, it's it's almost like it doesn't even happen from from a Melbourne perspective. It's all that it kind of it sort of peaked in a kind of you know pop culture kind of sense. I think yeah. back when it was cool to be gay. No, no, just so that, yeah, I think it was actually more when all the kids were doing it. Yeah. I think it was more when when when, <laughs> when the mums and dads at home wanted to watch the the, the filthy thing and then discovered it really is just quite a nice night out. And I think it was actually the, the vague disappointment Channel Ten had of not being able to turn it into a. The filthy sleaze fest that we're really hoping for. Plus, how do you how do you fill three hours of poofters dressed as nuns? <laughs> I mean, really, David, really David Lynch could do it, but yeah, yeah, that's that's a five second clip on the news at most. Really, now I I did want so, to talk about just just one episode of Top Gear Australia. Um, now this was the one that that actually made uh, that while well, the filming of the Turak Tractor segment made the reportage in the newspapers uh, because it had uh, caused such a traffic hazard in the morning peak uh, as they drove from Como Park uh, down to almost to Punt Road um, on Turek Road. What, in, in actual tractors? In, in, in a great big tractor. Oh, I see. A massive tractor. Right. Not like, a four-wheel like, drive gag, like but a kind with, of... With wheels that, that would have been eight feet mm-hmm. in... Diameter. Oh, oh okay. Because wheels that were feet, <laughs> like that's just that's just odd. That's wheels kind of some kind of Flintstones made, car made from feet. Yeah. Oh. Um, but it was a completely pointless segment. I mean, all I all I did was they drove along Turak Road and then then they tried to park it, and that ended up with Warren Brown uh, driving up over the bonnet of some European car that was already parked there. They both get out, he draws a crap cartoon and puts puts Charlie Cox's phone number on it and leaves that on the car. And that was that was the extent of the segment. And they didn't did did they close off the road for it? Or did they just no, drive no, it on no, the no, real no. road? It was, it was all about let's make a traffic snarl. That's horrible. It's a horrible thing to do to people. Exactly. What was, what was the point, though? What was there, that was no there, were, there was no point. No there was no point. I'm still trying to work out what the gag was. It's like... How many episodes did they fill with that? Uh, I think it was eight episodes. So they they've done eight episodes of Top Gear Australia. So eight episodes in the first season. Yeah. Was that the worst segment that they had? Oh no. 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 But I'm I'm just focusing on this uh, one one episode. Uh, we go on to uh, back to the studio, which which they had problems with the camera work on. They had problems with the audio that, because they were running the, the speakers too loud in the studio and getting feedback through the, the mics in the studio. Um, then we have Charlie Cox reviewing some Audi at, uh, as, as a typical review on the show. Nothing about the car was bad. Everything was great, and it was surely the greatest use of the lazy $200,000 you've got lying around um, for a European car um but let, just let, it was, was tedious was audi a sponsor of the show or they just really liked mm. audis well they just really liked everything basically so they did they do any any negative reviews of any new cars uh n- nothing that nothing terribly bad did, that did I saw. the show take on its own personality as the series went on because we complained at the beginning that it was it was such a kind of photocopy of the original did it take on a a persona of its own? No. I, no. No? No. Did you, Apart did from you, Charlie Cox just getting more and more annoying 
and uh, having no idea about how to actually uh, commentate on uh, the the trial laps that the Stig was driving on the uh, the ridiculously short track that they were running based on the times that he was getting and them not even being half the length of uh, the UK Top Gear. 19 seconds, Stig. Well done. <laughs> was, it, was it still the same Stig? Because we got told it was the same Stig. Well, yeah, apparently it was the same Stig. And there was there was no reason not to think that it was. But there's no reason I, to bring over it, Stig. I mean, it's not like the, he was a skilled Stig. Well, you there, can, there you isn't, tell, but he's, he's such a big part of the story of UK right. Top Gear. You, you can tell with the weather that uh, the Stig uh, records his time trials on different days all the time. Yep. In the Australian one, was it on different days or was it... Just all shot on the same day. Stig come out, drive us these eight cars, and then piss back off to to the UK. Um, no, there were some wet track days okay. that uh, that they got the times on. Um, the original Top Gear. Uh, now, this is this is really the primary difference. Um, for me, apart from the presenters being crap, the original Top Gear you can watch and have no appreciation for cars at all, and and I'm I'm a case a case in point of that because I I really don't derive any enjoyment from cars, but it's extremely entertaining to watch Jeremy Clarkson and the rest of them um, doing doing the show from the UK. But this version only appeals to rev heads and has actually, as, as you were saying, damaged my appreciation of the original Top Gear. Well, to me, it was, uh, it was like, oh, okay, the Emperor isn't actually wearing any clothes it, because it had the, it was the skeleton of, of Top Gear but without any of the charm, and I realised, oh, maybe I don't actually like this show. Mm. And 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 the the strange thing is that there are things about cars that I like. I'm a big fan of, of Formula One racing, and there was that uh, that that segment at the end of last year's UK Top Gear, uh, where uh, the little one Richard Hammond mm-hmm. uh, actually drove a Formula One car. And went through the training process and started with a Formula 3 car and went through and did the time trials where it was the first time I actually heard what the how technical it is to drive one of these cars and how difficult it is to, to drive one of these Formula 1 cars. And, uh, and how they're you know, a lot like the bus from Speed. They can't go under a certain, a certain speed or, or they blow up. And, uh, <laughs> Bad and then, design, that. Bad I know, design. I know, but Dennis Hopper gets a lot of work throughout the year. Uh, the, uh, and, and, and all of that was really, really exciting for me as a, a Formula 1 fan. Uh, but it also made me realise that segments like that are few and far between. And... Uh, and it's not enough anymore for me just to go through the uh, the motions waiting to get to those things. I may as well just try and grab them on YouTube when uh, when it comes around. So yeah, it just it made me realise that I don't like the show as much as I thought I did. Mm, mm. And, and additional to that, after after only two episodes had gone to air um, here, Jeremy Clarkson came out and gave his thumbs up to Top Gear Australia. Um, well, he was contacting con- the production company Freehand, uh, saying massive congratulations from the Top Gear boys in England to your Australian version. We're loving it, even though your funny accents make you hard to understand. Oh, hilarious! Uh, so, so he put his thumbs up and Freehand, he, and and that that to me just just says Jeremy Clarkson, you're a fuck. Can I just mention, because I've just been reminded, um, Richard Hammond actually appeared uh, in this strange little crossover sequence with the Ashes to Ashes people, which was the the spin-off from Life on Mars, for uh, an English charity only about a week or so ago. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube, as I did. 
Um, and the premise seems to be that Richard Hammond has also managed to be shot back in time to 1981. He's looking at the car that Gene Hunt owns, and they all come out and going, Oi, get your hands off my car. And there's a lovely bit where uh, Keely Hawks, who plays the, the female league, goes, Oh, I remember him. He's from the show with the annoying man who irons his jeans. <laughs> And, um, and it's basically he gets to do a, a test in the car from from you know, Life on Mars slash Ashes to Ashes. So that's oh, that's fun. It's a very strange little time travel, top gear time traveling. So, so did he test both of the cars? Because oh no, sorry, no, only the one from Ashes to Ashes, which is a yeah different the, one. The eighties, the eighties uh, one rather than the seventies uh, one. That may have been an Audi actually. Mm. It's a much nicer car. Yeah, because I think the seventies one was a Cortina from memory, a brown one. Yeah. And you say you don't like cars, but probably. <laughs> so, uh, are they going to do another series of Australian Top Gear? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, Sean Bob- Brown's crying poor. He's saying SBS has no money. We've got no money. In fact, we can't so even not no money. We we're going to have to shut down sandwiches. the channel. Yeah. Yeah. So, are they going to do another series of Top Gear? Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put that in your Sean Brown and smoke it. Hi, I'm Ryan Shelton, Box Cutter's favourite ever guest, and uh, I've really enjoyed myself on Box Cutters, so listen as much as you can, because um, I'll be having it on loop on my iPod. I had forgotten that he was our favourite ever guest. Yeah. I See, it's just, I'd forgotten. Ryan, if, if you're listening, I'm, I'll give you a call. We'll, uh, we'll catch up and talk about how wonderful you are. That would be great. We got a postcard in the mail. Did we? A, f- a, physical, a physical postcard. Mail's always exciting. It really is. Now, yeah. look, look at this. It's... It's weird because it, it's got a like ordinarily postcards are hillsides or uh, you know ladies with boobs out on the beach or something like that. Mm. This one's got a picture of a, a crypt with kind of demonic symbols and what looks like Is virgin blood. Adelaide. That's what I thought. <laughs> Egypt. No, no, no. Anyway, I'll read it out. See if uh, see if you can get it. Dear, dear box cutters, things are pretty screwed up in the small towns of America at the moment. Well, that gives us a clue. Small, not Adelaide. Small, not, not, not Adelaide. For one thing... X-Files. For one thing, it seems like... Just stop guessing, Brett. <laughs> just let me read the thing. And then guess at the end. Why don't you try that? You want to try that? We get more points if we guess okay. earlier, though, don't we? No, you, no points. <laughs> okay. It's not a competition. It's not Spicks and Specs. <laughs> Nil point. It's just a postcard that we okay. got. Okay. Read your bloody books. Okay. <laughs> Things are, so, dear box cutters, things are pretty screwed up in the small towns of America at the moment. For one thing, it seems like the apocalypse is coming. <laughs> Angels versus demons. And we're all going to be stuck in the middle. There are two guys at the centre of it all. They're trying to save us, but really, they're just a couple of human brothers whose only hope is to try to outsmart both sides. Recently, a new player's arrived on the scene. He's more powerful than anyone we've seen so far. Apparently, he's Hell's Head Torturer. None of this is hyperbole. It's really the apocalypse. <laughs> I hope you enjoy the picture. Lots of love, Supernatural. <laughs> Thanks, Supernatural. It's nice they took the time, isn't yeah. it? In the middle of all that. And I did, you know what? I found the picture a little bit disturbing. Uh, the virgin blood. A little bit too much, maybe. But uh, thanks. So it's a, it's a lovely postcard. If uh, if you're a TV show and you want to send us a postcard, you can uh, send it to uh, Box, Box Cutters. Cutters. Care of uh, PO Box two one four five Brunswick East Victoria three o five seven. That's right. 
That's it. That was such a line ball on me being able to read it in that dark corner. Three just, zero. just underneath the video <laughs> podcast the, camera. The actual, actually. Oh, yes, we should wave. Hang on. Yes. Wave there from is, the podcast no, camera. There's no po- at least it's gone back to the other <laughs> the other corner, the right corner. But no, it's, there's no video podcast. Well, that's uh, the second camera. I'll say that again, though. It's uh, P.O. Box 2145, Brunswick East, Victoria 3057. If you're a TV show and you want to send us a postcard. Hi, everyone. It's Nellie Thomas here. You're listening to Box Cutters. It's about cutting box. Um, not something that you'd normally say in polite company, but uh, in a podcast, you get away with it. Tune in. How many breakers do we have that make references to boxes <laughs> in a kind of dirty manner? Yeah, a lot. A lot, isn't it? A lot. It's you a know lot. what? I didn't even think of that when we came up with the It was one of the unanticipated consequences. It's, yeah. <laughs> we, just thought, we just thought television and... Uh, and cutting and, commentary. And cutting te- commentary. And terrorism. And terrorism. Yeah. We, so. we thought, finally, the two combined. We haven't really covered off on terrorism as much as we thought we would when we first came up with the show. Mm. It's really been more television. Also, if you say them drunk, they kind of sound the same. So... That's well, true. when we get back to 30 Rock, we'll be able to talk about terrorism. A, a little bit there, sure. With and and uh, amazing race entries, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the show that we're covering this week is called Eureka. It's available on Ten HD and Sci Fi Channel in Australia, and, and none of us had DVD. Ever, none of us ever heard of it. Ever yes. heard of it? I, I want to share this because my my a friend my, friend of mine, Sue Ann, um, I was having coffee with her, and she said, "Oh, I'm going to watch Eureka tonight." And I said, "Oh, what's that?" And she said, "It's a show." I went, oh, is it the first series? No, it's up to its third series now. Mm. All right, is it on cable? No, it's on Free to Air Channel. Uh, yeah, n- none of it. None no, of us. No, nothing. It's and uh, I, I, is, is it about water displacement? Oh. So is, is Channel Ten actually up to the third season? Yeah. Um, Ten HD started playing the second series on September the 11th, so I'm not sure where they would be now. That's 13 episodes. So. Mm-hmm. So they're, uh, they're, they're getting towards the end. the end of the second series, I imagine, at the moment. And then, yeah, series three is, is I think, currently on air. But yeah, I, th- I thought it was, uh, it, it was maybe a show about water displacement or maybe a show uh, about uh, stockades. Yes. Well, in, in, in the UK, it's known as A Town Called Eureka. That oh. may have helped you a little bit more. Yeah. But um, the premise for Eureka is basically, it's, there's a small town in America, in the Pacific Northwest, that... Um, was set up by, by Einstein, I think they actually say, they, they, uh, to, to I, take all yes. the really clever scientists and put them together so that they can create cool stuff mm. all the time. Of course, because they're all you know basically a bit boffin they do seem to invent doomsday devices <laughs> quite frequently. And into this town comes the lead character of Sheriff Jack Carter. Well, he's, he's a US marshal who's made yeah sheriff of the town. He seems to be uh, transporting a prisoner. Uh, back to LA, which we shouldn't spoil too much of. I think because I thought oh. that was really well done. That that piece. Well, obviously I, you didn't, but I yeah. was I was very impressed in the pilot. Cause the pilot is, is a double episode pilot. It's effectively a feature. Yes, know, to it's itself. A made, made for TV movie kind of down, thing. Down down to the the Universal um, title card at the oh, start. That, that's also because we're watching a DVD rip of it. I think, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, just yes. because we were watching it on DVD, oh, right? on, on official DVD, <laughs> which we'd been given. Um, by the internet but yes it was <laughs> but it, it's a thing where it, it felt to me almost like it was made as a telly movie and then they decided to make the series although mm. there's no indication well, that's now now what they're doing a, a lot is making a telly movie with a view to making a series that's called a backdoor pilot josh it is a backdoor uh-huh. pilot you're a backdoor pilot <laughs> i have been known to be a backdoor pilot <laughs> oh my god we turned into hey hey it's saturday oh dear <laughs> It's gone wrong. Um, but yeah, this one feels more so than, than most because we're talking about the fact that um, Ali McBeal's Greg German, or possibly German, 
um, appears in the pilot, but then not in the series. Mm. And a new gentleman is sort and of wheeled out to play almost exactly the exactly, same role. Exactly the same role, but with some romantic history with one of the characters where uh, Greg German didn't... Well, I thought he did, actually, but that was actually... I, I miswatched that first pilot that I thought he lived with her in that house and it just missed the fact that she... At one point, the character goes to her house and she then phones for him to come to the house. And I yeah. thought he was already there. But that, yeah. was, that was quite interesting because you've, you've got a bit of a crossover with Iron Man because his brother ad- obviously uh, d- developed the, the suit. Yeah, well, yes, because the, 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 the character comes Because it was Tony Stark's is, is Nathan brother Stark. Nathan. <laughs> yeah, he's Nathan Stark and he's so obviously a Tony Stark alike. Um, uh, also a very handsome man, I must say, Ed Quinn. Thank you, Ed Quinn. But, um, <laughs> but it was, and yeah. there was there was actually some talk that he was going to play Iron Man before Robert Downey oh, was Jr. There? was signed on. Yeah. Okay. Now, look, I'm going to say I really, really enjoyed this show, and I can see from Josh's face that he didn't. So before he gets his his two cents, I wanted to mention it reminds me a lot of Northern Exposure and a lot of Picket Fences, two shows I absolutely hated. I I just hate any quirky town you kind of show. Northern Exposure. I hate Northern Exposure. Bloody quirky town. Oh, quirky people. Oh, look, quirky, quirky, quirky. Oh, there's a moose in the street. Oh, shut up. I, I hate. <laughs> I hate those shows, and yet this one totally won me because the whole premise of it is this town is quirky. You know, this town is going... It's not just these people have... Well, it's, it's full of geniuses, yeah, or genii. But the thing is, it's not just they've ended up there by chance to form a quirky town. They're, they're all there for a deliberate reason, and they're all a bit nuts. You know, so it kind of makes sense. There is an awful lot of quirkiness in this town. And, and around, around the first episode, the, the pilot, it seems that there's a lot of control, and, and these guys kind of end up accidentally in this town, and it looks like they're never going to be allowed to leave. There is, there is a, yeah, there's, it's weird, because... It's, it's sort of bucolic, but there's always this slight element. And there's a later episode in which uh, one of the characters gets fired from, from the organization. And you suddenly see that's a bit harsh. When you get fired, it's kind of like you get kicked out of town. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get to keep anything. It's all just, you know, they make up stories about where you've been for the last 20 years. But um, That's uh, my own worst enemy. <laughs> yes. But no, I've, I've really enjoyed this program. I've, I've, been, I've been greatly enjoying it. I think it's fun. I think it's quirky, but in a good way. I think it's humorous. I think it's exciting. Josh, what do you think? There's this thing that happens in television when uh, referencing scientists that they are either just dark room, uh, dark room geeks, or uh, lab coat wearing corridor walkers, mm-hmm. or quirky, crazy, nutty professor types. So which I call I call this bull science. <laughs> It's bull science fiction, and the uh, and this is the you know the, the quirky, crazy, absent-minded professor scenario, uh, and I just I think it just gives science a bad name. Well, the, the thing so that- I, I hate it in the in the same way that I hate the uh, stupid dad ads mm-hmm. and uh, and and things that uh, really it's not the way reality is. There is something, although for this show, which is all about a, a, a town entirely full of scientists, there are hardly any scientists in any lead roles, which, yes. which is kind of interesting that, you know, he's, he's a lawman, the chief woman's from the Department of Defense, um, the, uh, his daughter's the de- in it. Um, the, depu- the deputy is, uh, uh, ex- ex-militia. Though. Ex-militia. Nathan Stark's kind of more a control the- guy. He's not, she was actual army, not militia. Oh, you, oh yeah, yeah but, but you know, but she wants to be. Um, she's a great character, though. She yeah, really she's, like she's, she's, she's a good character. So um, that's that's the problem that I had with the show when I started watching it and going, 
Oh, another thing. Oh, how quirky are scientists? Oh, <laughs> la di da, they're hilarious. Always blowing things up. Those scientists. Yeah, yeah. But they are they are working though to make weapons mostly in this which town. Is, which you know, episode three, and this is why we we have the the Laura three episode three. I went. Actually, this could be quite a fun Saturday afternoon four thirty. Yeah, yeah. TV series. Yeah. It's it's quite fun in that the Hercules Zena kind of uh, Sequest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Th- that kind of that kind of thing where it's just it's light, it's fluffy, it's. it's I'd, I'd go with that because even it's got sexuality in it, but even then it, it's done so tastefully that like, which is quite interesting. You've well, once a- once once you get past the uh, the the thought that the psychiatrist is actually a hooker, which she is, she is both those things. I think that's that's quite true. But again, oh, it's, it's, it's done so it's, it's, discreetly it's really, that, yeah. that that you know and. Um, they directly reference the fact that the guy who runs the cafe is gay, but again, in a kind of very cordoned off kind he of makes, polite. He makes costumes, that kind of that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a bit where they're talking about uh, about wanting to kiss the the the, the therapist slash prostitute, and uh, all the men going, "Well, I dreamt of doing that. I dreamt of that." And then he goes, "Oh, even I dreamt of doing that." It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, cute. Yeah, and they, they managed to do that. Quite, quite sort of nicely. So you can imagine a family audience being able to watch this show. The uh, the precocious Lindsay Lohan wannabe, though. She's uh, it's funny. She's not in. She's in random, She's randomly yes. in episodes. That's the thing. There are, there's almost too many characters in this show as well. So Matt well, Frewer, Matt Frewer, who's in the first episode and then isn't in the second or third episode. Matt Frewer, you may remember from Max Headroom, or more likely from Doctor Doctor from Doctor Doctor, which was a you know. Anybody who anybody who watched Channel Seven at eleven thirty at night knows Doctor Doctor. Knows Doctor Doctor. Um, I hadn't picked up on either of those. He turn, turns up uh, as a he's an animal tracking expert. He's an Australian. Well, would you mention this? Who I assumed was meant to be South African, and Chris, my partner, assumed was meant to be a Kiwi, and and then so, we were surprised about episode five. I think he turns up in a house with an enormous Australian flag on one one wall and Aboriginal art. Shall we explore actually, why we might have had, might have had some of that I, confusion? Yeah, let's do that, and then I've got I've got an explanation oh, of, so of you, my theory. So you've got as well. sound of Matt Frewer. Yes. Now you listen to me, friend. I've tracked polar bear across the Arctic tundra. Dived with great whites off the barrier reef. Hunted with the prides of the Serengeti. But none of it even begins to compare with what that animal's put me through. He's <laughs> not just a dog, Marshall. That's the devil himself. Now, this is, we have to say this. This is about a dog that has quite a large role in the first in the in the pilot or the backdoor pilot, yeah. uh, but doesn't really. No, he does. He does reappear. Okay. The thing, a, a lot of the stuff will come back in. Um, actually, I wanted to mention about the quirky thing that you know, for a show I was already might be too quirky. In the second episode, he moves into a talking house, which I thought was going to be a one-off thing. No, he lives in a talking he house. Lives, lives in a talking he house actually lives in a talking that, house that progressively has more and more and more. Character to it. Well, but the thing is, like, the talking house, because again, it disappears, and there's one episode where it suddenly talks, and one of the characters goes, Oh, that's really disconcerting. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, you get used to it. You go, Oh, yeah, I forgot they had a talking but it's, house. It's actually got a lady's voice, but it's a put on voice by the by guy. One of, one of the guy who invented it, because they haven't been able to afford, because they want to try and get um, Sarah Michelle Geller yes. to, to re record the temp track. Because it's called Sarah, um, who's also following him on all the little uh, cameras scattered around the house. The, uh, the, uh, and, you know, at, at one point, the the house wants to give notes to a play. 
uh, <laughs> yeah. directorial notes to it. Well, this is a it's fun just, show. I don't is, know, Josh, how you can, how you can. You know what? It's I a just, lot of fun. It knows what it's doing. I mean, you know. well, that's true. It, it does know what it's doing. With the Matt Frewer thing, I thought that the accent was meant to be all over the place. I actually gave them benefit of the doubt on that. Because he'd been in the Serengeti and he, the right, yeah. Because he'd been everywhere and he'd obviously spent a lot of time in everywhere, had uh, had ended up with this kind of amalgamation I, I of I did look on characters. IMDb. There is an argument going on IMDb about whether or not the character is supposed to be revealed to actually be from New Jersey and just putting the whole thing on. Um, and there's some claim on the DVD commentary tracks that they got an Australian voice coach in who said, no, it's perfect. You know, that patently did not happen. <laughs> so, and, no. and, and this was something that, that kind of occurred to me over the week. There are so many good good actors in the States now from and a, and Australia. Australia. Yeah, easy to get an Australian actor. Why don't actor. they use Australian actors? And weird that Matt Frewer is also credited as a kind of, he gets the with. So he's, he's actually circled out in the credits as being someone more famous than the others. But he plays this character who only turns up like in one out of every five episodes and... It's, and, it's, it's str- and what else is he doing with his time? Well, I know. Um, also, apparently, the, the series as we were watching it is, in, is not the order that was originally intended by the, the, by the producers, but the, uh, the TV company wanted to rearrange them to put what they thought were the stronger episodes first, which led to a bit of redubbing and, and, and a little bit of cutting. So it's, it's sometimes hard to tell because um, I don't know if you guys got up to the, to the episode about the, the, the paranoia that aliens are coming. Did you? No, 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 I hadn't got You only gave that. me three. Yeah, the, the, there's one about that, which is paranoia. And it feels so much to me like it should be the second episode because in it, his um, deputy is annoyed that he's the sheriff and she didn't get the gig. Which I really got to me at the end of the, of the first episode of the, mm-hmm. uh, of the pilot where he gets this job. And suddenly she's answering the phone for him. And I'm like, no, surely she was next in line. Well, exactly, yeah. So it's funny that that doesn't get addressed till about episode four or five. When, And I actually think the very weakest episode of the whole thing is episode two. Yeah, uh, which which was... Massively weak, I thought. You know, but, I thought the first episode I thought was, was interesting, quirky, and a nice introduction. And, and sure, whatever we get. And, uh, you know, if I ever get over this whole boffinism, I'll, I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, and then episode three was quite good. Episode two was really weak. Yeah, I think episode two is really weak, and I don't know why exactly. I would have shifted that one later. I know it it does in some ways uh, come on from what some of the characters do in the first episode, but I think you still could have... It could have easily been episode three or four Mm. without that Oh, and it actually would have been a lot more exciting if it was episode three or four, Mm -hmm. and you go, oh my God, what's going on here? Yeah. It would have been, yeah. There was another strange uh, difference from the pilots into the second episode, which was uh, the reduction in the new green technologies and, and how uh, these these boffins, these scientists in oh, the Eureka solar cars had all invented yeah, stuff much like more solar military. cars. And, and, yeah. and like the second and third episodes, none of that was there. They're just driving regular petrol cars and, and you don't have Again, any the, of those it, put on electric noises as they, <laughs> as they take off. It could just be a budget case though i guess as well in order yeah, you know, the first series the first one looking it looks like a film i thought the first one it's got a much bigger sort of sense of yeah. scale to it and i guess for the series you just have to start going let's well cut. and it's uh, interesting also that the uh, sheriff with no explanation also has a talking car the the car will the car will announce the speeds of uh, of cars approaching him ah yes Oh, I'd, I'd miss that. I, mm. I actually kind of like the idea that everything... Car is travelling at 60 miles per hour. But the great thing is the idea, because at one point she says 99% of all technology has come out of Eureka. You know, so it's this idea that, that they have everything because they're doing well, it all yes. first. You know, it's like they're trialling all this stuff. And there's one episode where she mentions he has a bed made of silicon that contours to your body. And apparently it's just really lovely. And it's just mentioned kind of like everyone just has stuff. You know, there's cool stuff everywhere. But... um. 
Yeah, I'm in with it's, it. I'm in with it. You know, it, it's fun. And if you look at it in, in that uh, Saturday or Sunday afternoon, five o'clock, kind of in, enjoyable hour. Of, it's a romp. It's it, definitely it's, a romp. It's a romp. Yeah. It's a romp. And it's, you know, three seasons and 10 HD and Sci-Fi Channel in Australia. So, uh, you know, 20% of the population should be able to see it. And when is it on 10 HD? I don't know. Uh, Tennessee, um, I do not know. It's on their science fiction night, which I think is... Fridays, is I think. Thursdays or Fridays. But, and also Series 1 is on DVD already. It came out uh, in September as well. Excellent. Locally. So it's Eureka if you want to check it out. You got your postman. I have a letter. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Save you. No, I'm, I'm just postman. The postman. Postman, the postman, the postman. We got an SMS that I don't know if I should uh, if I should put in letters or if I should put in quiz because it's not really a quiz entry. Put it in letters, I think. Okay, it, yeah. Okay, well, this is uh, this is from our friend Anon who gave us the very long text the other week. Uh, if you want to send us a text, you can zero four five eight cutter zero four five eight cutter is the number. Dear Box Cutters, he writes, I'm currently two weeks behind on your show, so I am unable to participate in the awesome Box Cutters quiz. However, this will not stop me from entering the competition. I'd like to submit my answer. 12-inch monkey fruit juice squeezed by Brett over a pink walrus <laughs> footstool. I hope I win. Love kisses and gentle fondles. Anon. anon. Thanks, Anon. Uh, sorry, that was wrong. But uh, my, my first thought was, oh, my mother's listening now. But, um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I, I do not remotely understand. But um, also, I don't know if you got it. On mine, it came through as three separate um, bits, but in the wrong order. So I yeah. got to cut them out and spend ages on the floor, like a puzzle. Right, figuring out which one. <laughs> yes, it was very exciting. It was like an episode of Numbers. Sorry, <laughs> Num Threeers. It was, uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, this is another one I wanted to, to, to read out. Um, hi, Cox Butters. I would love to tell you my worst show. However, due to my hectic lifestyle, I only have time to watch quality shows. In fact, the reason I pay for subscription to Box Cutters is to watch your video podcast and to know which shows I should and should not be watching. The way you, that way, you do the suffering for me. Regards, Darren Boxcutter. P.S. Josh, can you please stop wearing that loud shirt? It doesn't come out too well on the video podcast. Darren, We've been trying to tell him no, that, haven't we? But there is We've no been trying video. to tell Josh yes, yes, yes. about this that is, shirt. Uh, Just doesn't understand about clothing that flares on camera. Honestly, I Darren, if he's, if he's wearing clothes at all at this point, we feel like we've succeeded. You know, after all those nude episodes we did, which I, I, yeah, I never remember. You know what? I can, I can safely do those episodes because there is no video podcast. I don't know where you get this information from. Uh, there's uh, also one from uh, Daniel Kilby, who's been writing a lot. Thank you very much, Daniel Boxcutter, uh, and, uh, you know, former quiz winner. I'm just listening back to last week's show, and you were talking about bad game shows. Actually, we were talking about all sorts of bad shows. The brown age of TV. It was the brown age of television. And uh, but he's he's concentrating on game shows. He says, "Sure, moment of truth was morally bankrupt and ethnically sorry, uh, ethically obscene." I thought it was ethnically obscene, which no, is just odd. Political correctness got bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> ethically obscene, but it was still comprehensible. Unlike Carrie Ann Kennelly's Greed, which was in, an incredibly arcane attempt to cash in on shows like The Weakest Link, where every five minutes she would introduce yet another rule. The, uh, I, I don't remember the show, so please tell okay, me. I, never I, actually, I worked on Greed, so <laughs> I, I worked in the uh, the auditioning process for the for the host. Did you write the rules? I did not write the rules. The, did it, did it, anyone? It, it was an American show uh, where uh, people got to win a, a million dollars by uh, they kind of work as a team to answer questions and and uh, if they so kind of like Weakest Link, where uh, if they if they 
have a chain of, of answers that are right. I think this is the way it worked. Then they uh, call bank. Well, no, they don't call bank, but they they get uh, they get you know more money, and then uh, people kind of get their individual amounts of money, and somebody can challenge somebody else to uh, to a kind of quiz off, <laughs> like at the start of Family Feud. And uh, and those two people have to answer a question. The first person to answer it correctly uh, will get the other person's money, and the person who loses walks away with nothing. Uh. That's the way I remember. So maybe it's not a chain of it questions. It doesn't sound that interesting, though, does it? It doesn't sound like there's the, there's the twist in it. To there really... was there was no real great gameplay in it. Uh, and Carrie Ann Kennelly. I mean, it gets worse and worse. Really, yeah, doesn't it? And Carrie Ann Kennelly. That happened about six months after. I did some work with it in the auditioning process, and uh, and we thought it was dead and buried because the the people that we knew that they were auditioning had just gone on and done other things or had been completely discounted. Uh, and then suddenly, like within a weekend, someone said, "What about Carrie Ann Kennelly? Let's get her on the phone and see if she's available." Yes, she is. Hey, Monday, there's a brand new show. Like it was, it was really that quick. How bizarre! And uh, and how, she just how, wasn't very good. How long did it last? It lasted, I think, 10 episodes. Ooh. Maybe less. It was a Channel 10 game show, and, you know, Channel 10, traditionally, not very good at game shows. Um, just on the rules thing, also in Daniel's letter, he says, um, I had to laugh when you mentioned the intralot draw, or as I like to call it, number wang. I'm sure they just made up rules randomly, which is fine, because no one actually buys tickets in it. So, um, yeah, I think it was interesting. We, a special we, round of wanganum. Wanganum. And uh, time to spin the board. They, um, we also got, uh, there were a lot of comments on the blog this week, too, about the brown age of television. And our discussion last week about um, about bad television. Where I did uh, put up the entire uh, list of 50 worst TV shows from TV Guide. Yeah, I that. Was, that, that, was from, that was from TV Guide, that one mm-hmm. we, should, we should put up. That wasn't actually Senior Socks list, that wasn't which we, which there we were There is a discussing. link to Senior Socks' there is. list. But I thought it was interesting that um, a couple of comments, just, just very quickly, Adam D said, uh, I never know why people make up these. Sorry, this is Ian. Sorry, I do apologize. Ian said, I don't know why people make up these worst of lists, especially with TV. You can just flick channels so easily. Does that mean TV shows that are, uh, does it really mean the TV show is so popular that, that it's just, you know, TV shows you just didn't like? That said, I nominate The Office and Little Britain as shows that I tried to like and couldn't. And there was some discussion too when uh, D291173 said, perhaps it's a question of worst TV show you've ever enjoyed, which is different. At one time, I was almost addicted to Silt Stalkings, and to this day, I cannot fathom why I too loved Silt Stalkings. It's so, because it was genius. It was <laughs> I was so pleased to see that because I'd forgotten it existed, and it was like, it was like, you know, warm love <laughs> flowing back into my life. Silk, Silk Stalkings was, okay, not a very good show. but uh, Not a good show at all. <laughs> terrible show, really. Ter- Awful. Ter- Awful. Terrible show. But it's, I had the same thing. It, it was one of those shows that, like Dr. Doctor, was shown very late, very late at night. night. And do you remember it had really bizarre lighting? So they would often light like night scenes with green and pink backlights for no real reason. Like the idea was, was coloured light was just around on the streets and would hit people. And I just remember loving that. Yeah, it was, it, it was bizarre. And, uh, and also, uh, La Femme Nikita was like that as well for me. I, I would just I would watch it week after week with no idea what was going on because the, the whole show was just a, a, a cryptic 
conundrum. <laughs> I had no idea. I love the fact that La Femme Nikita, she's meant to be this glamorous, sexy model, and she has the most bogan voice. Yeah. The one in the lead role, which obviously they didn't know was a bogan voice, but, but we did. We did. And um, it was, but, but still, I, I watched it, and, and Silk Stalkings, just bizarre. Silk Stalkings, I discovered a lot of episodes directed by Brian Trenchard-Smith, who was the Australian filmmaker who made Turkey um, Shoot. He made Titanic 2, didn't he? <laughs> did he? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Sure He's done a number of the Leprechaun um, sequels. Oh, um, right. The BTS so, uh, figured but, very strongly in uh, the Mark Hartley's exploitation. He does, film. yes. Um, Turkey Shoot, uh, BMX Bandits is one of his. Um, Dead End Drive-In, which is a fantastic movie. I saw it at, during the film festival as part of the exploitation strand. Brilliant film. Um, yes, many, many, you know, dreadful movies. And then on to Silk Stalkings. Bless him. Mm, yeah, well, that's good. And uh, also interesting that uh, uh, Mordwa included a list of, uh, of, of you know, possible upcoming Brown Age of television, you know, suggestions, including the Bob Morrison show and anything with Gary Who in it. Uh, just uh, that's actually, actually, with anything with Gary Who in it, there was a, uh, a Guinness Book of Records show that Gary Who hosted uh, that was just terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. I, I really want to, to make this point clear, though. It's about the most objectively bad show. So not just a show that you know other people liked and you didn't like and you couldn't work, it, work out why, mm-hmm. but shows that are just... Like, infomercials are just notoriously badly made. And uh, and and we were talking about Swift and Shift Couriers, and just how terrible it was—the script, the 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 vision, the acting, all of it, one hundred percent terrible. Uh, so yes, there are bad shows, but and then there are there are the worst shows ever made. Mm. That's what we're going to try to do I mean, with the Brown Age of Television. Quizmark is a little bit of those uh, really bad ones that I. Yeah, it, it, car crash. You just can't look away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you just want to know what what's going to happen next. And, uh, Especially if, when the phone's dropped out. If anyone's uh, interested, Brian Trenchard-Smith's latest film was Tyrannosaurus Azteca. Well, <laughs> um, Aztec dinosaur. Yeah. Cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Aztecs summoned a Tyrannosaurus Rex to keep Cortez and his army out of Mexico. <laughs> Now oh. they need the Conquistadors' help to stop that's the T Rex from killing them all. How, that's fant- Oh, I love him. He's I great. love his work. It's great. He's great. That's a uh, letters to box cutters. Ooh, very close. <laughs> very close. Uh, if you do want to send us letters, hooray at boxcutters.net or email. Uh, sorry, SMS us on 0458 cutter. That's it. Now you can do the thing. Okay, question three. Which yeah, canal? All these going to be about war. No. I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay. Question three: Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Ah, the quiz. Now there were no correct entries mm. to last week's quiz, but a lot of them were half. There were half right. correct entries. There were quite a few half correct. Now the, the question was: What is the song, and who is playing the song? We'll tell you that the people who uh, who wrote in with the correct entries, or you know, with the half correct entries, had the song right. So the theme tune is is yeah, it's pretty easily identifiable. It's, it it is it is pretty tune. easy to to identify, but who's playing it? That's uh, that's a, a, a little bit tougher. So we're carrying it over for another week, which also means that everybody who entered last week and got it wrong gets a clean slate. They get to, they get another bite at the pie, mm-hmm. uh, and that includes you, Anon. 
uh, even though you, uh, <laughs> it made no sense at all. Um, uh, now, I wanted to read out, if, if I may, the, the, the incorrect suggestions of performers. Yes. Now, um, someone suggested it was, um, well, actually, sort of basically two of them really suggested it was performed by its composer. I don't think I should really say the name of the composer. I probably can. It doesn't make much of a difference. Well, it it, really? I think it's you pretty know obvious what the piece yeah, is. So he, it's, look, it's, it's Mike Post. Mike Post. It's and not performed by Mike Post. And he, uh, he you know, he composed as many TV shows as uh, yeah. Devol did. So. Yes. Um, and then the other session and from, from Mobo, and the, I, this was good, I thought. This was thinking along the right sort of realm. Um, performed by the world's most popular pianist, Richard Claydeman. Now, it's not Richard Claydeman, but it was a good guess. That was also a good guess. That was a very good guess. Uh, so... so so the uh, the clue this way. I haven't, I haven't even thought of Richard Clayderman since uh, Ian Buckland was still doing magic on TV. Right. But now you'll think of nothing but. I think they both had the same haircut. <laughs> the world's most popular haircut. The Richard Clayderman. The clue for this week is that the uh, the performer is Australian. So yes, it's an Australian performer. An Australian, an Australian performer performing this bit of music that we only have a tiny bit from t- today. That's it. No, we've got more. <laughs> oh, we don't. Oh, we do. Maybe I should just point out that uh, the smooth jazz wasn't on the original that, recording. Not on the original recording. Not, that no. was John from that last was, week. That was me from last week saying smooth the, uh, jazz. Now, now uh, what I don't understand about this uh, about this version is that it is a, a cover version of Mike Post done by an Australian person, mm-hmm. but it is almost identical to the original. I just there's it's no a little in the second bar. I can it, it I goes can... a bit jazzy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You might That's... want to listen to last week's show because I've talked all over that one and we couldn't play it again. But yeah, yeah. you can listen to me talk all over last week's <laughs> and um, hear that in the more what uh, did... I actually have to go back and listen to the original and compare them. It, it's got a much more kind of kind of, you know, cocktails at a at a a 70s sort of bar kind of thing going on. I may, uh, once I get back into the studio tomorrow night, I might uh, transfer the entire song to digital and uh, set it up streaming on the website. Oh, nice idea. Nice idea. So you can hear the whole thing. So uh, send us your answer to that question. What is the name of that track or or what TV show is that the theme from and uh, who is performing it? And you will win yourself an excellent Yes. Excellent oh, yes. camouflage a, crumpler bag. The reason we made it harder is this is actually a bloody good prize. This is it's a it's a, a genuine. You not know, like our other crap. It's prizes. not it's not like the little ones for putting your chicken drumstick in that every week we have to go. I don't know what that's you for. Put, this is an actual crumpler bag you could that put you like would five chickens in this. You bag. You put five whole live chickens. Live in chickens. It. Now and this carry week, them across the border. This week, <laughs> just because it's in the camo, we've uh, we've used the special thirty five camera uh, uh, holographic <laughs> it, technology. It looks like you're holding it. It's amazing. You, there there is no. Box You'll see hologram. that. <laughs> it looks You'll like it's that. there in your hand. You'll see it in the video podcast. It's got a strange blue uh, surround around yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a halo. It doesn't actually come with a halo. That's just the uh, shortcoming of the technology. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, speaking of shortcoming to technology, if you want to uh, answer that question, email us hooray at boxcutters.net or send us a text to 0458 cutter. Hey, um, when I cast my pod... It's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. 
And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 158. Just so listeners know, Josh is foregoing your pork. No pork from Josh. No pork from me. Brett, did you have pork? Ah, oh, but it's Pork City. He comes in and he goes... We, we did say... It, it, we, we were talking about renaming Pork to Brett's Special Moment. So, at the yes. end of every show. And now, Brett's, Brett's Special, special moment. moment. A bit of Programming Nine's uh, bringing in Home Run, which is the latest from producers David Barber and Julian Cress, who were the masterminds behind The Block. Now, that was just five nights a week in the first it. half of 2009. <laughs> well, it's pretty much the same as when John was earlier. Um, but also, they. Yeah, but, uh, but I forced mine into the new segment, so therefore, you know, I'm porkless. Also, Temptation is coming back. Oh, our good friend Ed Phillips. Over uh, yep, summer, as, as a board game, you can play at home. <laughs> apparently, Ed and Lavinia are available for interviews, so maybe we'll have to have a word oh, to them. Um, and the Screen Actors Guild uh, has taken another, another step towards going on strike over uh, uh, their conditions. Mm, good story, Brett Cropley. Mm, yeah. And that brings us to the end. There's going to be a vote, but Box they have to get 75% cutters yes to go on strike. Episode 158. I want to say thanks very much to our in-kind sponsors. We've got Crumpler, who are our giveaway sponsors. They give us stuff to give away to you, and you can find them at crumpler.com.au. And 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, who give us our studios that we record this podcast. They just give them to us. We take them home sometimes. We forget to leave them. And we just walk out the building with a whole studio. They've got a brand new website at rrr.org.au. Excellent. Yep. It is, it's been like a year in the making. Oh, sensational. I can't wait to get home and have a look at it. There's forums on there. Who's ringing? That's Not my me. phone. Sorry. Who's ringing? Oh, I forgot to switch it off. Oh, I just got to go Well, clearly we've oh, got... I'll just answer it. Clearly <laughs> we have to go. Uh, so yes, rrr.org.au. They're very good to us. Be good to them. And you can stream them anywhere around the planet. No, listen listen to... <laughs> You I'm, need to, I'm, on, I'm on the podcast. <laughs> you need to hit answer before you start I'm, talking. I'm podcasting now. <laughs> no, it's about television. <laughs> television. And, uh, until, until next week, you can email us, hooray at boxcutters.net, or uh, send us a text zero for a 5 8 cutter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't normally listen, but it's the end of the show, be rude. There's the. Uh, there, there's, be rude. <laughs> anyway, until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Oh, I've been John Richards. <laughs> I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. How many times do I have to tell you don't answer the phone while we're on the show? Don't.